Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 20 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. I'm a family physician and a weight loss coach for physicians. For years, I struggled with my own weight and couldn't figure it out. And over those years, I've developed skills and knowledge that allowed me to lose 55 pounds and maintain it. And I use those skills and knowledge in this podcast for you so you can better manage your own weight. And also in my private coaching programs that I do with physicians who want that little bit of extra support. If you're somebody who feels that you would benefit from a little bit of extra support and a little bit of focused coaching about weight, then go over to my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, click on the work with me tab, and you can scroll down and book a free introductory session uh, with me and just give us a chance to talk one-to-one about how I might be able to help you. All right, so on to today's episode. Today's episode is a Q&A episode. So I've got questions that people have sent in about various aspects of weight loss. And I'm going to go through and answer them for you. I might not be able to get through everybody's questions on today's episode. But if I don't get to yours, I'll keep it in queue for the next time I do a Q&A episode. If you have some questions that I don't answer and that you'd like me to answer on future episodes, please send them to me at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Thanks. All right. So first question uh, comes from Melanie and it's how do you stay on track when your family eats a lot of junk food? And I think this is really common. A lot of people I work with struggle with this where they're trying to make changes to their health, but the rest of their family isn't necessarily making the same changes. And I think one of the biggest aspects of this is recognizing that you're in control of what you do, they are in control of what they do. So just because you've decided that you're making changes, it doesn't mean that they actually have to do the same. If you try to assume because you're making changes, they need to also make changes, uh, that can create a lot of stress and a lot more angst and uh, friction than if you just accept that you're in control of what you can control, they're in control of what they can control. Now, that doesn't mean you can't communicate with them. So even if they're in control of what they do, you can ask them if they would consider not bringing certain foods into the house. And if they're going to eat those foods to eat them away from you, if you find it very difficult to be in front of those foods. If you have no choice but to have those foods in the house, there are a couple things you can do. One is try to put them in places where you don't see them. So that's evidence-based in that the food that's out is a food that we will eat. So if healthier options are the first thing you see, you're probably going to eat them. If it's a bag of chips is the first thing you see, you're probably going to eat them or you're really going to struggle. So if they're in the house, choosing spots that are higher out of your viewpoint away from you a bit will make it easier. You can put some reminders up like on the cupboard that has the junk food, post a little reminder about why you're trying to manage your weight and what good things you're going to get out of them, just so your brain remembers that when it's thinking about whatever's in that cupboard. And then the next tools are around managing your cravings. So if you go to episode 17, I did a whole episode on cravings and how to 
just allow them to be there, not resist them, accept that cravings are normal. They're not a sign of something going wrong. If there's chips in front of you, it would be normal for you to have a craving for those chips. But rather than resist it and try to make it go away, which often would make them stronger, you just allow that urge and let it be there. That's a tool that Brooke Castillo uh, teaches in some of her stuff that I've found to be very helpful uh, personally and for people I work with. The other piece would be when people around you are eating foods that you choose not to, I think you really need to watch your thoughts around that. It's really easy to get into thought patterns about that you should be able to, or you wish you could, or um, other similar thoughts, which all uh, create a sense of deprivation. And when you have feelings of deprivation, you're far more likely to end up eating the food. So if you watch what you're thinking and try and work on thoughts that actually make you feel empowered, make you feel strong, and make you feel focused on what the long-term goals you have for yourself, it does make it easier to say no to those short-term uh, pleasures like junk food. All right, good luck. Okay, the next question comes from Amanda. Can you comment about exercise? I've always believed exercise to be important in terms of health and potentially part of weight loss, although not nearly as important as food. I keep hearing recommendations to not exercise during a weight loss journey. What do you think? So I think from the start, let's talk about the evidence on exercise as a weight loss tool. Because I think this is something that in our media and in our society, exercise gets perpetuated as an ideal way to lose weight. And the reality is the evidence doesn't actually support that. Our bodies are very flexible in how we burn energy and how much energy we would burn during an exercise session, how much energy we burn afterwards, what our hunger hormones do, and what sort of eating happens afterwards. And so our bodies do modify stuff. So exercise doesn't have the same impact that you often expect it would if you look at just the calorie model, like the calories in versus calories out and you know, look at your calculated calorie burn. All of that is just math and it's not actually accurate. And we've talked about this before, but calories in versus calories out is so oversimplified that it doesn't really truly represent what you need to do for weight loss. So exercise, not a great option purely for weight loss. However, exercise is really fantastic for overall health. There's lots of evidence that being active gives you better health outcomes, reduces risks of chronic disease, improves your mental health. And I think the mental health piece is really important when you're trying to lose weight. So exercising or doing other activities that improve your mental health, lower your stress levels, can really help you stick to what you're focusing on eating. So the way I explain exercise is I I wouldn't suggest going out and doing exercise just purely to lose weight. I think then it becomes almost like a bit of a punishment or a grind. And then too, you end up in that pattern where, okay, overeat that day. So now I need to exercise harder to burn that off. And that actually doesn't work. So it isn't really worth doing. And it perpetuates some negative thinking around weight and eating and exercise. I think the big thing is separate the two. Eat what you feel you need to eat to manage your weight. And then exercise because you enjoy it. And so if you're somebody who's sitting there saying, I've never enjoyed exercise in my life, maybe take some time and find some ways to be active that you do enjoy and recognize it doesn't have to be that everybody runs and lifts weights. It can be 
you know, going for walks with the family. It can be dance classes. It can be swimming. It could be walking in the pool, going for bike rides on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, there's so many different things that you can do to be active that usually there's something that somebody would enjoy. Now, if your weight impacts your ability to be active, so for lots of people who carry extra weight, even going for walks can be a painful thing. And in that setting, I'd say, don't worry, you can lose weight just by focusing on what you eat. And then as your weight gets down, likely some of the pain and the things that are barriers to you for exercising will improve. And then it'll get easier for you to be active as a enjoyable way of moving. Now, the whole issue of people suggesting that you shouldn't be active if you're trying to lose weight is based on the theoretical impacts of cortisol. So if you're doing highly strenuous activity, your cortisol levels go up and cortisol can impact your ability to lose weight. Uh, we see that just in people who are stressed or sleep deprived, it can happen. However, there is also evidence that really intense exercise helps improve rates of fat loss. And that's some of the research that's been done around high intensity uh, training, like HIIT training. Um, and so I don't think there's an absolute answer on this. I would say you know, like everything I talk about, use it as like a science experiment. So if you're doing a lot of exercise and you're not losing weight in the way that you want and you feel that you're really watching your food and you're eating the way you should be eating for you to lose weight, then you could do a trial of reduce the intensity of your exercise or reduce how often you're exercising for a couple of weeks and see what happens to your weight. That would give you an answer on if too much exercise was being a barrier to you for weight loss. Reverse would be the same. If you're you know, not doing much activity, and you're really being careful with what you're eating, and you feel there's not much room for change there, but you're not seeing changes you want, a modification you could try is, you know, do a few weeks where you're more active and see what happens to your weight. Everybody's body is different. So I really don't think there's a one way to approach this. Uh, but it's just keep an open mind, keep that, let's just see how it affects me type approach, and try different ways and see what works best for you. All right, so the next question comes from Jen, and it's, I keep setting goals and then going back to old habits. I fall into the trap of just this once, or I had a bad day, so I deserve it. How can I stop this cycle? So I think the big piece is the th thoughts that you listed there are probably thoughts that aren't serving you. So if you go back to the episode we did on managing your thoughts and using the thought model, so the thought model, just to refresh you, is C is circumstances, which is bare bones facts of your life, uh, could be argued in a court of law. Circumstances trigger thoughts. Thoughts cause your feelings. Feelings cause your actions, and your actions give you your results. So if your thought is something like uh, just this once, and that makes you feel kind of resigned and the action that comes out of that is you end up eating off your plan or overeating or binge eating or whatever it is. And then the result is you gain weight or you don't lose the weight. That's probably not a thought that's really serving you would be my guess if you're trying to lose weight. So watching those thoughts and trying to figure out where they're coming from, because I think those thoughts are sneaky. So they might just be coming from the more primitive part of your brain that is just looking for some dopamine and it's giving you some 
cues and it's a sneaky way to get a craving in. Uh, maybe they're a sign that there's something else going on, like maybe life's been more stressful. And so those thoughts are cropping up as essentially a symptom of underlying stress. Uh, the big thing would be building awareness to those thoughts. So recognizing whether or not you think they're helpful for you. If you don't think they're helpful, start building awareness and seeing when they're cropping up. And then when they do, decide if that's actually what you want to think about it. So that sort of thought is looking for short-term gain. When you're on a weight loss process and working on managing your weight over the long-term, you're looking for long-term gain. And our prefrontal cortex, the higher parts of our brain, can modify that short-term gain kind of thought and go, well, no, actually that's not what we want for ourselves. So I'm going to choose to think this instead. And for that sort of stuff, I really suggest sitting down with a pen and paper so that you're actually writing out what other things you could think or, or are you happy thinking those thoughts and do you think they're getting you what you want? And if not, what do you want and how would you need to think to get what you want? I think the other thing is that it's important to not make it mean too much when you do choose to eat some of those foods. So like if those thoughts have worked in the past in getting you to eat the foods, if you make that mean that you're, you can't resist those thoughts or, or choose not to eat the food or this food plan you're on isn't working or any of that sort of stuff, that's going to just drive more of those thoughts and drive more overeating or eating off plan. And so I encourage you to consider just making it mean that you just made a choice. And we all make choices. Sometimes they're in our short-term interest. Sometimes they're in our long-term interest. And it's okay. It, they're just choices. You can always change what choices you make in the future. Okay, next question is from Jess. And it's, let's say I've had a horrible week and I've totally messed up. What's your advice for getting back on track, both mentally and with respect to food? And so I think, you know, we've all been there, or I would say most of us have been there, right? Where things are going great, and then you blink, and all of a sudden you've been off your plan for a week or two, and you've regained some of your weight. And I think the biggest thing is to view this with compassion. So the sort of typical diet mentality is, you know, you've fallen off the wagon, and it's to beat yourself up maybe decide that that diet isn't something you can keep doing. Uh, there's all sorts of things that that kind of classic diet mentality path takes you down. Versus when we're looking at a long-term strategy for weight management, th these things are going to happen. There are going to be times in your life where other things end up taking priority. You don't have quite the same focus on what you're doing. And you know, those primitive parts of your brain that drive some eating cravings and habits, they're sneaky. And so it really can sometimes feel like you blink and then you're back eating old foods. So if you view yourself with compassion, don't make that eating off plan mean more than what it needs to mean. So again, so you made some choices. And so you made them for maybe a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month, however long. That's okay. You're an adult. You're entitled to make choices, but you can now make some new choices. I think one of the biggest things is, um, so food wise, when you're getting back on plan is start with foods that help you feel satisfied. So I always find, uh, when I'm getting back on plan, if I've been off 
for a little bit, or if I've been doing something where I end up with more carb cravings and stuff is I need to start eating more fat again. I generally don't do intermittent fasting or anything like that because I just need to get my appetite stabilized. I always find if I just eat lower carb with a little bit more fat for about three days, and this is, I'm talking about my personal body, so yours may be different, but I think it's worthwhile paying attention to yours and finding out how long this process lasts. So for me, it's about three days and then my appetite just settles down. Things become easier, the cravings settle And then I can focus more on like how much of portions am I eating and do I want to add some intermittent fasting back in and things like that. Now, from a mental side, like I I talked about before, you know, think about what you want to make it mean. Don't make it mean things about you that it doesn't need to. It's just purely a fact. What you ate is a fact. It's not a reflection on you as a person or your self-worth or whether or not you're going to be successful totally separate things. What you ate, just a fact. And just remove any sort of drama your brain's trying to attach to that. Then what I really encourage is to spend some time reflecting about why this time off your plan happened. So again, from a compassionate viewpoint, not a judgmental or a blaming viewpoint, but just look at it because it probably isn't about the food. It's probably not that all this carbohydrate food and other junk food, et cetera, just suddenly jumped in front of you and you'd never been exposed to it before. It's really probably that something else was going on in your life or with your mood that just made you a little bit more prone to it in that particular setting. So we've talked about this before, but you know, was it just things like you're actually under more stress than what you thought you were? Have you been busier and you haven't been doing your self-care activities? Uh, Have you not been sleeping that well? Have you let go of some activities that have helped you in the past? Like maybe you're not doing the same planning or the same meal prep that you usually do. And so it set you up for more convenience foods that were made from a position of uh, short-term planning and, and relied more on your primitive brain to make those decisions. There's lots of different reasons, but it's almost always not about the actual food. Like the simple version that our brains like to tell us is, is, oh, I just like this food. But the whole time you've been working on losing weight, you probably still liked that food, but you were making choices not to eat it. So the question is, in that scenario that you've been in, why were you making choices to eat it? What was driving those choices? Maybe it was just you were in a different environment and that food was just everywhere and it was harder for you to make choices to not eat it. Like, you know, on vacation, uh, staying at somebody's house, uh, lots of different things where Christmas time where there's all the cookies and everything in the staff room. And if that's the case, then again, using the allowing urges tool that we talked about at the beginning of this, and that's in episode 17, about just accepting that you're going to have cravings, accepting that they're okay, they're not a sign of something going wrong, and just feeling them. Letting them be there and feeling them is a big skill. Sounds simple, but it can get you so far in a weight loss journey. And along those lines, I think it's really important to acknowledge that if you have been eating more carbohydrates and then you're going back to a lower carb way of eating, 
There will be cravings and these are just normal. They're part of what your brain does when it's been exposed to dopamine uh, rich foods or foods that create more dopamine. And so recognizing that they're normal, they're not a sign of something going wrong and just accepting that they'll be there and they'll fade after a few days, I think is really important for getting back on track. Uh, The alternative that sometimes happens is people start getting the cravings, which are normal and feel that that's a sign that they're not going to be able to do this. They're not going to be able to resist these cravings and then end up eating just to get rid of the craving versus saying, okay, this is a normal craving. I expect this. And so I'm going to just sit here and let this craving be here and wait until it passes. I'm going to feel it, see where I feel it, see what it's like, see how long it lasts, and then let it pass. And so for the last question for this episode comes from uh, Allison. Uh, I've lost weight, but I still struggle with body image issues. How do I accept the new me? And again, I think this is really common for most people that lose a significant amount of weight is our brains kind of stick the old version of us and hold on to that. Uh, And it's hard to accept the new version. Sometimes you don't see it even when you're trying on clothes or looking in a mirror. And it's not unless people tell you or unless you see photos side by side, old and new, that makes you really realize uh, that you, you do look different and something has changed. Um, and so I think this, it just takes patience and time and reminding your brain. So um, episode 14 uh, with Judith Gatton, the stylist, we talked quite a bit about this, about how do you learn to accept your body now, no matter where it is. And that's whether you feel you have weight to lose or you have lost weight and you're adjusting to it, just accept your body now and work on accepting that this is my body today was what she suggested saying when you look in the mirror. Sometimes it can be helpful to have photos of yourself uh, before you lost your weight and now to visually compare. I think if you do this, just watch that you're not like um, judging yourself, the, the old version of yourself. Don't think negatively about her. Look at her with compassion that she was trying as hard as she could Um, and just use them more for almost like scientific verification for your brain that yes, something has changed. And I think this question is a good example that not everything gets better when you lose weight. So when you have weight to lose, you think that a lot of things are just going to be better on the other side. Like I'll feel fantastic physically, uh, my body, I'll like how I look, I'll feel good in clothes. And the reality is that doesn't happen really, unless you put work in. There's not too many people that I think lose the weight and then just are fine and have no ongoing issues. You have to put the work in and about what you think about your body. And this is where I encourage you to put the work in now, no matter where you are in your journey, so you can benefit from it. You don't have to wait till you lose weight to deserve to actually feel good about yourself and your body. Be nice to yourself now and enjoy yourself in your life now. And then while you're doing that, if you choose to lose weight, that's great. Do that from a place of positivity. Try not to do it from a place of blame and negativity about yourself. All right, on that note, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to hit the subscribe button uh, so that you get all the new episodes. And I would really appreciate it if you could take the time to leave a review on iTunes It will help this podcast keep getting found or you share it with your friends if you're finding this to be helpful. Have a fantastic week, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. 
And now for a quick disclaimer, this podcast contains general education information on weight loss for physicians. I'm not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing.